Hey, everybody, this is Bobby Hunter with the Audacious Human Podcast, episode three. I can't believe it's episode three already. Today, we have a great guest on. I've got on Helen Glover, who is 14 hours ahead of me. She is in Australia. <laughs> Helen's been living in Australia for 26 years, and she recently launched a fantastic business called The Gentleman's Secret. And Helen is here to tell us all about her past and what she plans on doing with this business. So, Helen, welcome to the Eastern Time Zone of New York. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, Bobby. Thank you. Good, good, good. Glad you, glad you can make it on here. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, you've, you've got this business idea, but I want to find out, um, what's your background, first of all? Tell me, tell me a little, little bit about yourself. Well, goodness, how many volumes do you want? <laughs> well, we, we got about an hour, so whatever you can fit in there is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm from the UK originally. I was brought up in um, Yorkshire in Northern England and I moved to Australia when I was about a few weeks before my 21st birthday, actually. Uh -huh. So yeah, I've done all sorts of different things. Um, and um, now I'm 47 next month and I've got four children. I'm a single mum. And um, I've just spent the past 12 years running an interior design business. Okay. Um, before that, I did work with relationship management in corporate. I've worked in um, doing fashion shows. I've worked doing um, counseling for people with PTSD. I've done wow. counseling for people with HIV and, and AIDS workshops for families and very, very diverse past, yeah? Yeah, you've got a you got a very diverse background there. The the counseling, the PTSD. What what specific PTSD did you counsel people? And I'm just curious. Well, um, when I was in my um, late teens and living in London, I worked with Charing Cross Hospital when the HIV virus hit, okay. like big time, early nineties, yeah. and. Um, almost by accident, because I was working in the social work team in Charing Cross Hospital, which is a really, really big hospital in London in Hammersmith. Uh -huh. I inadvertently ended up being counsel, um, counseling people who were ringing in crisis. And so I went through all the training to be able to assist. And then through that, I, um, I found a real love and passion. Like right. I just really connected with it. And then when I came to Australia and I was doing, you know, I was, model for one of the retail stores over here and they used to make the clothes on me and then I used to go off and um, help with um, volunteering with people with HIV living with HIV at the time and and then I became a trained home carer and all that kind of stuff and I volunteered in that role to assist people in workshops with um, men who were having sex with men but didn't consider themselves as being gay, the families of people who were pretending their children were dying of cancer rather than telling their friends that their children had HIV oh um, wow. and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I was really, I was, I really loved it. And then of course I had to get a bit more serious about getting a proper job and spending time in a full-time role and I couldn't do the volunteer work anymore. They needed people who could be on call for people who were, you know, passing and they needed to be able to sit with them all night and couldn't necessarily do that. So I went off into corporate and then I had um, my two children. And during that time, I constantly counseled in different ways. But then when I had my twins, when I was 40, um, a friend of mine was working with um, DVA, which is the... Um, the department over here for veteran affairs okay. and said, look, we're doing vocational coaching. And um, I really think you could do well with these guys. And it was the infancy of her business. And, and, um, and yes, yeah, so I went along and um, I had retrained in coaching over the time. Uh -huh. um, and so I, I started um, working with guys who'd returned from war zones or had been discharged from military service and had all sorts of PTSD and wow. So you, 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 I mean, even from a, at a young age where you're counseling people with HIV, and then as you got older, you went into this counseling of people who came back from the war with PTSD. I mean, those, those are, you must have have a lot of stories, you know, from uh, what you've heard do, doing that before. But now you've so, but you've, you're sort of like a Renaissance woman because you've got a business you're doing now. You're a single mom of four kids. You got a very diverse background. So how do you pull all this together? Like, like you've, you've, 
it seems like you've done a 180, then another 180, another 180. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you. Start? I've had to constantly keep recreating myself because yeah. I've had shit hit the fan regularly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, life has really happened to me. And, um, and that's probably because I've been in giving it a red hot go. Um, but at the same time, I, I really do hold that belief system that you are pushed into situations to make you the woman that you're supposed to be to handle what's coming next. Sure. Um, or the man, um, you know, more to the point, anybody is, is pushed into situations that we need to build the skills for our next part. Um, yep. And so I definitely have been through a number of situations um, where I've really had to go to some dark places, some real shadow spots. I've had depressions myself. Okay. And so a lot of when I connect with somebody who's in a, a bad space or they're struggling with their mental health, I get it. You get it. Yeah, I really get it. And I get what it takes to get out of it more to the point. Um, you can do that very successfully for yourself. Yeah, I think that I have, I just own it. You own That's it. That's the secret. I own myself. I own the shadow. I own the depth of anxiety or depression or whatever it is I'm in at the time. I go, you know what? This is where I'm at. Well, you know what? Tell me. Uh, that, that's I mean, over here we have this, you know, we have this quote, you know, you, 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 people have to own their own shit, so to speak, you know, forgive my language, but that's, so when you say you own it, in other words, it's almost like you're saying it as if you're not ashamed of, but you're just, here's the situation that you're in. Maybe you don't panic about it, but somehow by the, your own motivation or, or, you know, the desire, you, you manage to reinvent yourself and get yourself out of these situations. Mm. That's just part of, life I suppose for you and all of us yeah yeah I think it is for all of us and and I have this kind of like a uh, you know that comes yeah. up like a, a frustration when I have I hear people go like oh you know you just got to own your shit right I get that but yeah. a lot of people who are saying that it's a bypass it's a bypass it's a bypass and um do you know I remember um look I've done uh, personal development for 26, 27 years, I've had to because I had that kind of brain where if I didn't look into who I was and deal with how I took the world, I was probably going to kill myself <laughs> because I was deep and I hurt and I had stuff going on that I needed to really investigate to find a way of showing up on the planet that could work for me sure. without actually spilling onto the people around me with uncontrolled anxiety or or anger or whatever it was, because that's what you do when you're not in, able to contain, sure. you spill out. And in my twenties, there was a lot of spilling out, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, and in the middle of all of that, there was shame that was attached to that then that I had to deal with later. So not only was I in a situation that was stressful, coming from a situation that was stressful, I was creating situations that were yeah. stressful. Um, shame is extremely difficult to deal with. Um, I, I think, and, and you just, I just hit a nerve with me because I've been in situations or done things where you feel, oh, shame, I did this, this, whatever. But, you know, what I like what you just said is you, but you've been working on personal development for quite, quite some time. What if you hadn't had that type of mindset then to, to, to work on yourself, and, you know, with personal development? I mean, you know, where do you think you'd be today if you didn't do that? I think I'd be in a small bed sit wearing tracky pants, um, wearing, probably um, covered in prune juice, eating prune, um, hating the world. I'd probably have a, new, a number of animals yeah. um, that probably um, went to the toilet inside. Oh, my goodness. That kind okay. of dark picture. Yeah, I got right? you. I got you. So, so <laughs> it's quite a visual there, Helen. Um, and I love a bit of glamour, Bobby, so it was never going to work. No, yeah, yeah, no, you do, you do. Yes, I, I, I can see a bit of a glamour in you, definitely. Yeah, there's no doubt. So, so it's good then that you you got into this personal development because it kind of, in, in a way, forced you or res you rescued yourself from a lot of these situations. And I think a lot of us go through life and ups and downs, ups and ups and downs. But you're, you know, here you are, like I said before, and you're you're a single mom of four, and you've got two, you've got twin six year olds, yeah, and a nineteen year old, and, and a fifteen year old. 
Mm. Has your several reinventions in their lifetime, have they seen, do they say, wow, mom, you know, you're, you're a pretty tough chick. Like what are they, do you talk to them about this? I have no idea what, I mean, I suppose I have in a way because, um, I suppose I came to, um, self-development because I was really depressed and unwell and I ended up on antidepressants and being kind of looked after by, okay. At one of the big hospitals in London yeah. for a suicide attempt. No kidding. Okay. And I realized sitting around with yeah. people who were depressed that were about my age or older, as I am now, as in like 40s, 50s and 60s, I realized I was going to have to heal myself. Yeah. So that's why I went out and found wow. books and started reading. And so the big thing for me then was when I raised my children to ensure that they had the knowledge that I was learning now. Yeah. From, from being born, right? Yeah. And, and that all of the stuff that I was bringing from my own mental health and from my own trips and from my own shaming and from my own kind of um, depth wasn't going to be spilled on them and wow. that they were going to be um, allowed to feel um, and also that they would see um, that you really can keep rising. Yeah. And so, um, and so for me, a lot of my driver when things have gone wrong has been, um, it's not over. It's not, over. Right, right, it's right. not over. This is not where your mom, um, falls apart. And then, you know, we live in a bedsit for a few years all together and you have a depressed mom who you witness not coping. And I have seen that happen and I've been there for a lot of people who have had that happen. And the thing is, is that is somebody's trip. Like for some people that is their life experience this time. For me, I chose it not to be. And, um, and so when I've gone into dark places, I've gone, okay. And I just go into my own imagination so I can, I'll wake up with anxiety and I'll just go into it. So when I say I own it, that's what I mean. I just, I'll get right down into what that anxiety feels like in my body. I'll ask my body what it feels like. I let it rampant so I can actually feel what it's doing. And I'm like, oh my God, that's massive. Wow. I recognize it. Yeah. I pay it respect and compassion. Um, I tell it that I understand why it's there. <laughs> I okay. talk to it. So you actually speak to the, ang- let's just say, let's talk about anxiety. So it sounds like you actually speak to the anxiety as if it's like an entity that, that, well, it's mine. It's yours. So you own exact. Okay, good point. Yeah. So that's what I mean when I say I own it. So I don't own it outwardly going, you know, oh, well, I just own that. That's my right. opinion. I got you. You know, it doesn't yeah. come from a place of self-righteousness about what I know, um, which I think a lot of people come from. Um, I think it's about actually being deeply honest with your own truth and owning the depth of who you really are in the dark moment. Because at the end of the day, you are the only person who truly knows that about you. And that's where the shame lives. Wow. So only by really, really casting a light and some of your own self-compassion into that dark place that lives within all, all of us, can we actually then fully come out to recreate ourselves again and again and again, because we, we can see where we went wrong and we apologize to ourselves for it. And we have to face that we didn't behave well yeah. and go, I really didn't behave well. Instead of kind of going, you know what? I can justify that behavior completely because you did this and I did that. And, you know, and he said this and yeah. it's not, that's not um, an awning. Um, what I mean is at two o'clock in the morning when there's nobody else around and your story doesn't matter. <sighs> no, the story that you've painted yeah. to be acceptable yeah. and to get through matter. a situation. It, it doesn't matter because you know it's not true. You know it's not true, but you would. So that's where the that's where the courage and the bravery is. That's amazing. I've never actually heard it. I've actually never heard it. Things like this said in that you know in that sort of manner where you actually speak to your own whether it's anxiety or depression. Um, that is because your attitude. It took me twenty years, Bobby. It didn't happen overnight. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> But your attitude about it is just is just amazing, and 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 you know I I, I um, applaud you for being so candid about it. Mm. 
Well, you know, mental health's a thing. Yeah. Millions and millions of people are taking pills for it and not telling anybody. Right. Because of the shame, right? Um, and I heard this fabulous thing. Well, it's not fabulous, actually, but it's a key thing. A chap posted the other day on my Facebook feed and said, um, I have a really severe mental illness. And, um, and yet last year, um, not last year, five years previously or something, he'd had cancer. Okay. And he had handled his depression exactly the way he'd handled his cancer. He told everybody and asked for their support. He said the support that he got while he was going through treatment for cancer was extraordinary, whereas he's been completely ghosted because he's got oh. depression. Wow. Right? And, and so everybody says that it's a public conversation, but I don't buy it. I think we're all saying what we think we should say, but it's not actually transferring down to showing up when somebody's in a dark place because we're so obsessed with not being negative and not right. having negative vibes. So and I disagree. I no. think negativity is a pessimism. Right? When we don't want pessimistic vibes, somebody was just like, How are you, darling? Oh, I lost my wallet and the car got like, you know, a little petrol and my husband's an asshole. And right. like, that's pessimism, right? Correct, correct. When somebody tells you they're in a dark place, it, it is negative, yeah, but it's relative. It's definitely relative. And I, I, that's an interesting example that, that that gentleman, or as you say, chap, who posted on your Facebook page. <laughs> I love that chap. Um, so this chap page posts on your Facebook page that he was almost like gay. He was, when he had cancer, he got more attention than he did versus his depression. Because mm. wow. it's hard to sit with somebody yeah. in that place. Yeah. And it's like grief, you know, when somebody dies, people go, they, you know, I don't know what to say to them. You right. know? Yeah. Um, we don't have to know what to say. Half yeah. the time, they just want to have somebody show up and say right. whatever you say is actually okay. Exactly. There's a there's a there's a there's a societal awkwardness to it um, that goes along along with that, and especially um, with the mental. As I, I used to work in the mental health field years and years ago, a psychiatric hospital. And yeah, people were ashamed, but you know, somebody was hospitalized for schizophrenia or a suicide attempt or you know bipolar disorder, whatever it might have been. But yeah, there was definitely a shame with that. But you've risen above all of this. Well, I think, um, or I think I've had, or do you, do you, is it sometimes a roller coaster with you? Oh my God. Like it has been. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I have to kind of, I mean, I'm raising children, so I have yeah. to kind of show up sure. every morning and, um, and, and kind of go, Hey darlings. Yeah. You know? And, um, some days I don't do it so well. And some days I do it brilliantly. <laughs> and, um, and, and then some days I'm really good at my work and other days I procrastinate my work and I go, Oh my God, I'm just not in the right space. Yeah. What I find the balance is being really present in all areas because it needs different energies. So, you know, say a few years ago, the twins were four. Um, Lilla was um, 13. My son was 17 he was going through the last year of school uh -huh. he needed a, a real specific set of things from me you know yeah, sure. he needed support through study and he needed me to be really level and to kind of be quite assertive in not putting up with his 17 year old stuff yeah and and my daughter was 13 she was starting to go through puberty she had friendship groups that were starting to be a bit bitchy and she needed empathy and support and 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 almost um, being held while I could show her how to handle things like that. Like, hey, you don't let people treat you like that. Otherwise, you have to become one of them. Sure. You know, if you don't want to hang if you don't want to be bitchy yourself, don't hang around them because to fit in, you will have to become them. And if that's right. not who you want to be, then pull out. So, and then the twins were four and they were needing my attention and fighting and, you know, and it was exhausting. Oh, must have been, yeah. You That's... know, and um, and so my work, I wasn't as good at my work that year. Yeah. Simple as that, you yeah. know. Um, 
And then there's other times where I feel like I'm not being as good a parent as I could be because I really need to focus on my work because I'm the sole income person too. Yeah, exactly. That's, so there's that constant balance. And balance. I tell you what I do find is a problem. Yeah. Well, mainly it's just in my own mind. People look at my life as chaos. And so I'll have these comments often from people like, oh, you know, you're chaos or like a, they're not meant to be derogatory, but they feel like that to me. Uh-huh. And I think um, it used to bother me. And now I realize, and it gives me this amazing amount of freedom. Okay. My life isn't outwardly organized. So I don't organize my life to look good for anybody else. I'm not into approval from the general public. Okay. That's, so if I um... haven't done the washing because my kids were sick, I don't care that I've got 17 piles of washing. And if you come around and you see those, that doesn't mean I'm not coping. Right. And if that's what it means to you, you go for it. Yeah. But actually it meant that my kids needed me for three days and right. I was present. Yeah. So my kids get to school on time. They have what they need. They have their emotional needs met. And that means that outwardly, my car not be, might not be clean. I might roll into an, a meeting late. Right. I might look like I've just prepared like two hours earlier for a project I've been on for a week. Yeah. Which is probably true. <laughs> but that is not something that I'm personally worried about. And certainly my kids don't need to be worried about that. Right. And I think that's the difference. There's a lot of people out there creating their life for the outward view. Exactly. So they have their laundry done, their kit car is clean, and inside their mind, it's a mess. Sure. It, so I do the opposite. Well, that's just good because a lot of you, 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 at the end of the day, you, you don't care what people think. Yeah. I mean, look, it would be ideal if they thought good things. I'll, I'll not say I don't care what people think. I do. But not to the detriment of my own being. Okay. I got you. I'm not going to do the washing and leave my kids without cuddles because somebody's coming around. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's a lot. And, and I can sit and do my own meditation and my own personal work, um, you know, instead of doing the dishes. Yeah. Because I know keeping my insides in a state that I can feel things to be able to constantly cope with the demands is more important than what it looks like. And did you learn those, 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 um, skills or you know those things to do through all your personal development all this maybe the books you've read or seminars you've gone to you've learned how to do do that sort of thing well um i i went through a terrible breakup where there was a lot of really bad emotional abuse it was really bad and and it was in a situation where when you get put in a justice system you're almost like a fish underwater like you've you're just, you're talking about what you're seeing and it's bubbles. Okay. I got you. And, um, and you know, I'd been doing all this personal work for such a long time, like 15 years or something. And, and then there was this massive push for positive, positive, positive and affirmations and blah, blah, blah. And I remember on the beach one day I was sitting and it was before I'd had the twins and Lilla was running around um, and Callum was there and, and uh, it had been full on and I was reading one of the books yeah. and I'll not say what book it was, but it said this statement about, you know, just become the floor, you know, become this or become that, like become your environment rather than feeling, you know, and it was all this positive and, and, you know, kind of like just being one with everything. And, and I just was furious. I was like, you know what? I'm not the floor. I'm me, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is how this feels. And I'm sick of looking in the mirror going, I love myself and my life is beautiful. Like, yeah. I didn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. And I just made it my mission then to say how I felt. Good for you. That's excellent. And I just thought, you know what? This yeah. is not a good situation. I'm, I'm allowed to be angry about what's happening yeah. with my children. I'm allowed to be upset and afraid. I'm allowed to, and I just let it come. Yeah. That's excellent. And I, and then I became the place for all of these people to come and tell me all of their deepest emotion wow. because they knew I would allow it without giving them some. That negative yeah. some your negative or some positive quip 
that would bypass how they were feeling as if they were failing or not coping because they weren't feeling happy. Right. So you, you were a safe place for them. Yeah. People would ring me and go, Oh my God, darling, I am in pieces. And I'd be like, tell me. That's great. (laughs) And they go, and and (laughs) equally like male friends as well. You know, I don't know what to do about this and I'm supposed to be strong and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, you know, I really want to do this, but I don't know how to do that. And I don't even know how to say that I don't know how to do that. Right. Moms who do me and say, I hate my children. I absolutely hate them. And I go, absolutely, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Let them have it. And then the day later they go, you know, I don't really hate my children, don't you? And I'd be like, totally. <laughs> but they I mean, need to I mean, say just something. Yeah. We want, we Once people get there. heard yeah. in that shadow, it goes away. The light's been shone on it and it's gone. That's an amazing feeling then. It must, it must be, especially if you talk to somebody who's in a dark place and you've been in many dark places um, that, you know, when the light shines, it's almost like you get this endorphin rush, right? It, it feels like, wow, are things really that bad? No, no, they're not really that bad comparatively to what other people are going through, you see. Mm. You know, so you yeah. manage to navigate that um, extremely well. Mm. And I think everybody's lens is completely different. So with, by turning up without judgment for somebody's lens, that's when you can truly love. Yeah. You know? Just it's all about love at the end of the day. When we truly are loving our experience and then when somebody comes to us with their darkest stuff and you're kind of going, we, you know, yeah. Yeah. but that's their lens and I have ultimate respect for it for their bravery, for their courage to actually own that inner darkness. Right. And, um, and I admire it um, because they're putting in an effort to fully show up because by really owning that depth, then their shine will be brighter and they can show up more truthfully. And then they start to actually integrate who they really are into society instead of holding up this mask. Wow. You, you, know, you know, you realize you have to write a book. <laughs> I've been told that before. I mean, my goodness. I mean, it, it, some of these, I, so I, I read a lot of personal development books. I love all this stuff, podcasting, and I, I love listening to these, these things that these men and women say. But like the nuggets that you're stating right now are just like, they're priceless. They're fantastic. So yeah, you got you to gotta put a book together one of these days, Helen. <laughs> Only if you write with me, boy. Oh, listen, I've done one in the past. I, 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 listen, I might take you up on that. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> So you got this thing going on here. Um, you've been, you know, through the ringer, maybe to hell and back, whatever you want to call it. And you've managed to navigate this. You've, you've, um, you know, you've got this, this very healthy attitude about you. And now you're starting this, or you've started this business called um, The Gentleman's Secret. So um, what is The Gentleman's Secret, Helen? Well, when my clients start doing great, uh-huh. And they are amazing. And their people around them go, my God, you're changing. You're amazing. What are you doing? And they go, it's a secret. <laughs> it would be me. <laughs> you're the, the secret of the gentleman's secret. Yeah. Wow. So pretty much it is about, um, it's almost like a really deep, empathetic approach to the queer eye for the straight guy. Okay. It's really just pulling together all of my skills because I am an interior designer and um, personal stylist. And, and, but my, my strength and my passion is in actually hearing people for where they're at and then kind of transversing that into them going, oh, so all of that's fine then about me. Yeah. Oh, so that's okay. And we go, yeah, it's totally fine. Well, right. Where can we harness it and put it to work? And, um, and in, at the same time, so while we're kind of going through who they are and where they've found themselves and what is available to them and changing the mindset a little to that more kind of broadened way of looking at things rather than the kind of concrete way that we get yeah. um, put into, I go in for really the business is for people who are in like, like their mid forties, early fifties might've got divorced and they have literally moved into a holding cell okay. where it's like this bachelor pad where they go to, it doesn't feel like home. It feels yeah. like they've less, lost their family right. and they're punishing themselves or it is the latest and greatest kind of fabulousness because they're a free guy. And so they're showing it off, but it's cold and has no heart. Okay. So I create a home for them. 
So when they go home at night, they go, I'm home. Like this is my new home now in the new life that I have for myself, not in this holding pattern yeah. of nothing after divorce. Wow. And um, we make it a place where they want to bring really nice ladies to, not call girls, yeah. not kind of let's just sit here feeling lonely and drinking at night. We do their wardrobe. I put them in touch with nutritionists or fitness no, people if they want to really work on their, their internal fitness and health. Depending on where people are at, some people, they're into health and fitness. It's their mind that needs work. Other people, you know, they've, they've got a nice apartment, but they're unhappy in all these other ways. So every client's so different, but it's kind of an overall, like where you at, you know, like there's the physical body, the mental body, the emotional body, and the spiritual body. Wow. Where are we with all of those things? And let's just bring it all together and make you feel a million bucks. And let's create an echo chamber around you sure. so that the people you're hanging with are amazing, so that your apartment is beautiful and you feel like a king in it, sure. that when you get dressed, you feel good about the human being you've become. And that the experiences that you've been through spiritually and emotionally now actually bring you into being a better, more enlightened person for the rest of your, your pathway. Because... All of the things that are difficult have the opposite. It's like flipping a coin and there's a heads or a tails. Yeah. For every good thing, there's a bad thing. For every bad thing, there's a good thing. So it's about flipping the coin on the person's life and on their personality, on their gifts and on their traits. That's great. And you, I mean, and this is for, for obviously for men, for men, from, yeah. for, you know, for, for men only. How did you come up with this concept? Are you just sort of, it created itself as you, as you went along through life or you just had like an epiphany one night and said, Hey, you know what? Here's a great business idea. Well, um, yeah, number of different situations that I've been through myself with my own kind of journey personally. And yeah. after I'd had the twins, um, my partner, it was a new partner. I had the older two with a, my husband and it didn't yeah. go well. And then I had a, a partner and I fell pregnant, had the twins. Yeah. He had ended up being very sick when they were about 10 months old. He had a psychosis. Oh, wow. Um, that was based around all of the pressures from the global financial crisis. And, um, and I was quite ill after I'd had the children and it was just too much. And, yeah. um, and they actually ended up releasing him from, from the mental health unit into my care after a few weeks saying, actually, he doesn't respond to anybody better than he responds to you. Yeah. And, um, and during that time as well, I was working with the guys with PTSD and stuff like that too. And I knew that I could help. Yeah. And, um, and I'm still friends with a lot of the guys that I helped through PTSD. And it wasn't just PTSD, there's adjustment disorder and just sure. you know, low wealth worth and just that, you know, total kind of like cat in the headlights because we've left the military and we don't know what to do. And so I felt like I could connect because I had my own experiences that I could empathize with. And also I have a strong self, sense of self. So I could sure. hold men in a way that we could respect each other. Right, right. That's good. That's excellent. And, um, and so it just, it just seemed to work. And then since then, um, a lot of... Um, men that I know have turned to me for support and they've, and quite a few of them have been saying for years, you should do this, you know, Yeah. You should stop working with women and you should do this, you know? <laughs> and, and I think that at the moment the, the female space is really quite crowded. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work for women, which of course is needed too. But I really felt that this area is really under-resourced and the um, suicide rate is ridiculous for men and that we've got a real crisis of mental health problems in men at the moment and guys don't know where to turn um to be able to be in their full masculine without looking weak or without looking yeah. like they're disrespecting women or and they're also feeling like women have almost got aggressive so they don't know how to come into that space and be supported and um and I think it's confusing because it's kind of like, oh God, he's soft and he's not strong enough. He's not man enough. Like, you know, I walk all over him and then like, oh, he's an asshole and he's really abusive. And, yeah. you know, like there's this kind of like, well, how am I supposed to show up? So I think I can give an insight into that too. No, definitely. And I think it's a great, it's a great, um, a great idea what you're doing. And it's, it's, 
I think the word spin is not correct, but you know, you're here, you are a woman, uh, you know, helping men, which, you know, in all sorts of facets, like what you said, whether it's like mental health, emotional, physical, and you, you kind of plug them into whatever their needs are. I think it's, um, I think it's a brilliant idea. It's, um, you know, it's very good. And this, this also led to you to start uh, your own podcast as well. Correct. Mm. Based yeah. on yeah, men and masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the modern masculine podcast is that it's conversations with men yeah. so that I'm not just going at it with what I think I'm researching. Yeah. Every conversation I have is research for me because I don't know what you think. <laughs> no one knows <laughs> you, what you think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm, I am, but I'm coming at it with a softness and a care where I'm bringing my own feminine in. Yeah. Um, and I also have a strong masculine. So I'm not afraid of it. And, um, and I, I think, um, I think that, that works. It, it, no, it definitely does. And you're very passionate about it too, which is, which is, uh, which yeah. is great. so how do you, you know, let's flash forward, uh, flash forward. So you said you're going to, you're turning 47 soon, right? Yeah. Couple of weeks. Couple of cards weeks. Welcome. <laughs> oh, cards welcome. Okay. We'll get to that at the end of the show. We'll, we'll tell them where to send the cards. <laughs> it's like, where do you see yourself, um, say, five years down the line? I mean, you know, when you're, when you're my age, when you're 52, where do you see yourself with this? Um, I wonder if I'll still be in as good a shape as you, Bobby. That's the first thing. <laughs> Push-ups um, every morning, Helen. I'll do it to you. That's, it's good. <laughs> I, um, I just, I would like to, um, I'd like to have um, kind of like global stop-offs where we do a little bit of a tour to help people in different places where we do kind of that, yeah, almost that queer eye situation, sure. um, different things. I think that'd be fun. That's fun wise. I'd like to be able to speak. I'd like to do speaking around um, authenticity and shadow work, truth, honesty, shaming, and, and how we can actually stop the battle between the masculine feminine and how we can actually start to really try and come together because only by coming together can we actually all rise otherwise we're just creating another war right, right. so i think that that's what i'd love to spread that message and um, whether that's speaking or you know podcasting or whatever it is i i'm quite happy to kind of be doing what I'm doing now, but just on a bigger scale. A bigger scale. I, 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 that's, that's very noble of you. I, 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 listen, you bring that stuff over to, me, to, you know, to, the, to this area, to the United States, I think, that, I think it could really take off. I mean, it's, uh, Lord knows there's tons of guys over here who could use your help, that's for sure. Maybe, maybe I have, you know, I'm just spewing here. My thoughts sometimes get ahead of me, but could you imagine if you almost had it as a, um, an online community and you were somehow able to franchise it out where you, you had classes where you could, Maybe if you got big, you know, you can only do so much because you're a single person, but yeah. you know, you have a class where you can actually almost train the, the gentleman's secret coach and you can have, you know, other people and others. So just a, you know, just a thought. Yeah, definitely. Huh? I've actually thought about, um, because I'd, I'd like to fly over to different like London and New York and different um, yeah. places like Chicago and Florida and things like that and then actually meet the people see their apartment and you right. know um, all that kind of thing and do kind of one week road shows where you get you know like two or three clients per stop I can do the coaching online um, but it would be awesome to have an interior designer exactly. and a you know a personal stylist in each city that then I go look I'd really like them to look like this this and this what's your thoughts and they can know the local area they know where to get things and I'm like I can give them a mood board to what I think and sure. then eventually of course they'll know exactly what my clients need. I can, uh, I can put I'll you to the... kind of let the, the I, I kind of control go yeah have, so I can put you in touch with the personal stylist she's like a celebrity stylist that I know here in New York so but yeah going on what you were saying is that you had different it almost sounds like a um like a reality show where you could actually show up have and, and, and i don't know my i'm just 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 thinking here but, but the bottom line i think it's a tremendous idea i love the name the general yeah. i mean that's you know that's when cool. everybody was saying to me you know when you search like the gentleman's secret it gets a bit dodgy and it can come up with like 
escort sites. Oh, and, so, like, absolutely, you know. I'm sure. and I said, well, that's my target audience. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope they do search for escort services yeah. and come up with me. That's exactly what they need is for me to come up and say, what are you doing? Exactly. You don't feel good about this. Right, right. It's not going to feel good in the morning. This person doesn't care about you. Yeah. Care about you first and then go off and find somebody who really does care about you. And especially for men in, you know, mid forties, early fifties, you know, who are divorced and trying to navigate the whole dating scene and everything. I mean, I have friends who are divorced and they've, you know, the, the dating scene, they could snap their fingers. They get any woman they want, it, but it's that, that doesn't do it for them anymore. That's right. Especially if you've been married for a long time. It's like, Hey, it's great. I can go out and meet these girls. And I've got, you know, I've, I've I hooked up with five different women in the last three weeks, but at the end of the day, you, you hit the nail on the head. So we all, we're all looking for love. We're all craving. You've got to have a connection. You have to. And a connected heart yeah. creates a life. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because when you can go out there and you can have all the bells and whistles and you can be like, yeah, we've been out on my boat with a bunch of people who don't care about me. And sure. I've just driven down the street and all these people who didn't know me looked at me and thought I was great. And here I am now in my empty house drinking because yeah. actually I have no connection to any of it. No, it, it, so yeah. heart connection creates exactly. the world. And I think for guys at that age, they actually realize that. I've, I've like I said, it's it's you know you the the the, the one night stands with women, it, it gets old after a while. Yeah. If if you're that you know in that age group, you know. And the thing is, is that while there's all these men out here going, oh my god, I've got divorced and I'm single, and I've been kind of you know off shagging people I don't really care about for a long time. Right. There's a whole bunch of women over this side saying the same thing. Same thing, exactly. But what we're doing is we've got this really horrible narrative going between the two, bringing all our old stories and all our old patterning into our new relationships. Yeah. And plus some, because we've had a shitty divorce or we've had problems with the kids or with this or with that. And that's part of the healing. That's part of what I want to do with when I say I want to speak into that work of bringing us together to create a new narrative that men are showing up the best way they can. And these are all the reasons why. And these are all the things they're feeling that we've not been listening to while we've been banging our drum. Right. And, and also men relax and stop worrying about women being aggressive. We're actually just trying to claim a space that we feel we've lost. Right. And so let's come at it through that healthy middle that, okay, I see where you're coming from and I see where you're coming from. Let's start actually trying to understand rather than attack each other on these subjects because there's been a lot of hurt. There's been a lot of injury. And, um, and it's like the same thing I was talking about, my internal process of that anxiety. There's an anxious relationship out there between the man and the woman. Yes. So that darkness that I was talking about exists in our society. And so we need to kind of go into that societal body, really feel what that looks like, what it feels like, and shine a light on it, you know? And then it feels like shit for a bit. Right. And we acknowledge it. Yeah. And then we reinvent, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that, that's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. It's, it's, uh, I think it's tremendous what you're doing. Um, but again, I... Uh, I think I think you're onto something here with with this because um, now I'm thinking about it. We got you know talking into some in-depth uh, topics here. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, for men. I'm, I'm not talking about myself because I'm, I'm married, but for the guys out there who are sort of wayward, these this target market, the guys who you're looking for, you know, I can see how there's a depression out there and how they could totally benefit from having a woman as yourself sort of revamp them, re re reinvent them and re revitalize them back into, you know, maybe who they were, or who they want to be. Well, it's like anything, you know, when we've been hurt by parents, we look for father figures or mother figures to heal the wound that we have from that Correct. relationship. Yeah. And so for men to heal a wound with women, I think they need women in their life who care about them in a non-sexual way. Yeah. You know, to bring yeah. that care so you can heal that wound. Oh, this is a woman and she's not all the things that I think women are. Right. Let's change that narrative. narrative. And for women to have men come forward to show that, oh, actually he's not who I painted men to be. You know, we need to constantly show up as a new version yeah. to heal the wounds. 
and um and that's really the only way that we're going to ever make any progress yeah um, that's, that's everything fantastic. gets worse before it gets better bobby i know <laughs> <laughs> well the, the the daylight always follows the nighttime you know the the, the spring always comes after the winter that's right you know, so mm -hmm. the, it's i was telling this i think to my daughters i don't know we were at the beach the other day and I said that there was explaining how the tides work and how it, how it, the moon comes out and the tides come in and it's like life. Everything ebbs and flows, ebbs and ebbs, ebbs and flows. And you're a, you're a testament to somebody who's, um, you know, had some, um, dare I say audacity in your life where you, where you navigated these seas, um, you know, the stormy seas and you're still doing it. And I, um, I applaud you for it, Helen. I think it's, I think it's a great, great thing that you're on here. And, you Thank know, you. Being a single mom of four kids and balancing this and doing all this stuff, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, I commend you for it. I Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Well, listen, I, I want to wrap up. Um, but I, so I did want to ask you uh, one final question here. I don't know what we would say because I think you have a lot of these. What is your greatest strength? What is your greatest strength? Oh, probably my ability to reinvent. Um, to reinvent. I'd say one of the things that I really um, harness within me, people, um, people talk about anger and, you know, the, the damage that it does. Yeah. And that's true. When anger's not realized, it becomes rage and rage turns to destructive behaviors. For me, I have a passion within that when things don't go right, it turns to an anger. Okay. And instead of not allowing it, I use it. Oh. I use it as a way of propelling myself forward. Um, when I'm knackered and there's nothing in the tank, you know, yeah. I might have no iron in my body. I might have no B12. I might be kind right. of like adrenally stuffed. Yeah. But I'll get angry about like, you know what? No, this is not how it ends. Like, this is not how it's going to go. And I use that. It's, I use it and fuel, to fuel me. I use it as an energy. So I turn passion that goes to anger into force and um and so force um is probably it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> because probably my passion is might be what people can find confronting or um intense but actually it drives me into constantly renewing myself through difficulty yeah um Wow. Because you can't get somewhere on happy thoughts when shit's hidden the fan. I, I love the fact that you said that because I used to believe that because I read a lot of these things and it's like, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. But you, you happy thoughts may last for a little bit, but they, it gets old real fast. Yeah. I can't be doing with the apathy of, oh, well, maybe it's not meant for me. Yeah, no. Well, how would you know? Because you haven't gone and looked. Exactly. You haven't gone and fought for it. You haven't actually gone. Actually, it is mine. I, I run on a spiritual belief and a faith. I definitely, I visualize, I believe it to be true. I speak in the current moment, but then I act. You act. I act from passion. You act from passion because if you don't act, you can't manifest it. That's right. You know, it's, it's not like, I mean, some of these things that came out years ago where it's like you just, Think, 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 and then all of a sudden checks show up at your front door. No, it's not. You have to, you have to act on it. Tony Robbins always says that. Like you have to. Yeah. If you don't act, you're getting nothing. Well, you've got. I do believe you've got a destiny, <clears throat> but then you have to meet it. <laughs> yeah, you got to pull it towards you. Because who says that? Like at, at each destiny, there's a crossroads. Right. You know. So it's kind of like, well, are we going down this road? Or are we going down this way? Whichever road you pick, there's another alternate destiny. Yeah. So yeah, there's a destiny. But if you meet it with action, at least you know you're taking the very best path. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. It's great. Well, I, I want to have you on again down the line because I know you're acting on all this stuff that you're doing. And I want to see how, how that you're pulling your end goal towards you because you are acting. Yeah. You know, which is, which is, which is great. Um, awesome. So this has been an amazing conversation. I mean, I, I learned a lot about you. I know the listeners have too, and you've been through a lot and you, you, you know, you, you're, um, you're an inspiration because you oh, reinvent yourself. Thanks, Bobby. Oh, absolutely. No, you, you really are an inspiration. I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there, whether men or women who would crumble 
at some of the things that you've been through from the mental health problems you've had to, to, you know, the, uh, your first husband, then you had your partner and you got, you know, twin six year olds. I mean, you're starting a business. You're, you've coached people with PTSD, people with HIV, like you've, you've done a lot, (laughs) which, which is, um, you're like a Renaissance woman. That's great. (laughs) And we're only halfway. Only halfway. (laughs) You're only 46. It's great. (laughs) That's great. So how can people, find you Helen Glover where are you funny because I'm in the middle of all of this transition of the new podcast and everything not everything is live yet it's being developed but people can definitely contact me on um I do have a website called helenglover.com.au okay and I have an email address connect at helenglover.com.au the gentleman's secret domain is just being turned into a website so that will be up really soon so i'd say to people either contact you if they can't find me or keep checking on the gentlemansecret.com um but yeah it's all just being it's good created you are you're 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 manifesting all this so again uh, you can find helen helen helenglover.com.au or email her at connect at helenglover.com.au and the gentleman's secret facebook thing is in the website keep checking back for that yeah, yeah. Well, Helen, like I said, this has been inspiring. Thank you. This has been, this has been from really- Mr. Audacious himself. I feel blessed. <laughs> well, listen, this is this is a type, you know you you're you're only get your your third third show on the uh, the Audacious Human podcast, and I think it was fantastic. And I thank you for you know you're 14 hours ahead of me right now. What, actually, what time is it there? It's 9:36 p.m. It's about half 11 in the morning. Hey, so you're you're Monday. I'm still on Sunday. Yeah. You're way yeah. in the future. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. It's been a pleasure. And again, um, you can find Helen at HelenGlover.com.au or email Helen direct at connect at HelenGlover.com.au. Helen, thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, this is the Audacious Human Podcast with your host, Bobby Hunter. And stay tuned for more episodes coming down the line. And I bid everyone good night. Take care, Helen. Thanks.